You're listening to the Writers Off The Page podcast. Here's your host, writer, reader, journalist, and lover of soy latte, Sinead Maripodi. Hello everyone, and thanks for joining me on Writers Off The Page, where I sit down with authors to find out the story behind their stories and their top tips for getting published. Today, we're looking at short stories. Paul J. Laverty is a Scottish-Australian author and journalist. He's the host of The Quiet Carriage, a show about books and their authors, which broadcasts across Australia on the Community Radio Network. He's also the author of the novellas Man Overboard and Cider Country. Paul recently released a collection of short stories called In the State of Excitement, showing a side of Perth that even locals like myself might not know. Paul Laverty, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for for having me on your show. Paul, congratulations. As someone who lives in Perth, you had me straight away from the title In the State of Excitement, although I had to question how much sarcasm was in it, as Perth doesn't necessarily have a reputation for being so exciting. Well, I don't know if you'd remember this, but way back in the the 80s, following the whole uh, America's Cup hysteria when we won that, The number plates in WA had this state of excitement. (laughs) And I remember coming here, we we arrived arrived here with my family in 1991, and I was like, wow, look at that. We're in this state of excitement. It was everywhere, everywhere you look. And it just suddenly, I don't know, drifted. I I haven't seen one in a long time. And it it just always stayed with me. And it's quite a funny thing to, uh, I thought, to to have in line with Perth, the state of excitement, because we're the, we're the most isolated city in the world. We're not exactly known for excitement. And it just kind of stuck with me. So when I was thinking of the title, um, why not? You know, it, 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 it pops. And, uh, you know, I'd like to think some of the short stories are pretty exciting. So, yeah, it was in line with it. I have to ask, when you arrived here and you saw the number plates, the state of excitement, did Perth live up to the number plate? <laughs> <laughs> it did from where I was. I came. Uh, I went to school in in Devon in England, so it certainly did compared to that. I came from like a pretty small town, and Perth at the time was pretty glitzy. So uh, yeah, yeah, it did. And I mean, thinking about the short story, I mean, I've been writing these for about five years now. Perth is, in its own way, quite an exciting place. It's quite a, it's quite a, quite a weird place. I think it's. Uh, it's got a few. Uh, we, I don't. I think it's. We're not really that comfortable in our skin yet. I don't think Perth's for me a city that we're still sort of grappling around and searching for a uh, identity. You know, are we this laid back beach barbecue kind of city, or are we this you know work fifty hours FIFO? You know culture i don't know we seem I to love be that this of- is like a coming of age story in a whole different different way to what everyone else uses the term yeah yeah so i i, I sort of dug into that so i find perth quite uh quite an interesting place i mean compared to the the likes i mean i've i've been living in melbourne on and off for the last 12 years as well melbourne's kind of set into what it is i imagine sydney's the same lived in london for a while as well that definitely knows what it is but that's quite exciting because i still think we're sort of searching and grappling for identity i don't think we're there yet i'm not really sure where it's like we're going through puberty almost perth through puberty yeah yeah. (laughs) we're so close to to asia as well which is exciting you know we're closer than the other the eastern seaboard so uh i don't know and 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 you know 
we've got a new government in now and you know we're coming off the back of covid uh we've got a new king now you know who who knows like it's sort of and i think i think people at the moment are a bit i'm i'm definitely sensing it you know on the street are a little bit nervous about where we're going to go in the next decade it's going to be interesting i i for one i'm finding it exciting I'm not awesome. going to get <laughs> So let's get back to the book, In the State of Excitement. I'll get mm-hmm. you to tell everyone a little bit about this short story collection and, and what it is. Yeah, so it's uh, 52 short stories uh, based on a suburbs in Perth, on 52 suburbs in Perth. When I started it, I was like, well, are there even 52 suburbs in Perth? <laughs> But it turns out there's probably about 152. Perth's grown so much as well over the last, you know, decade or two decades. Um, and I guess it covers a snapshot of a year. I guess that's where 52 comes from. So I just want it to be a kind of, uh, yeah, snapshot of uh, snapshot of where we are at the moment, you know. And I, I'm hoping, I really aim for a sort of broad spectrum of stories. There isn't one set theme some of them are pretty funny, I think. Some of them are pretty dark and disturbing as well, and that's fine. Um, so, yeah, and, and the reason the reason why I wrote it, I was, my background was in screenwriting and uh, became a father, and uh, my wife was working pretty full-on, full-time, and uh, I sort of quit my job and, and started caring for the child, and uh, uh, she's seven now, and... Uh, and that's kind of around about the time when I started writing it. And just my uh, my concentration span to write something long form, whether it be a screenplay or a novel, and you'll, you'll probably know this as well, it's pretty hard. You know, you're talking about uh, 18-month investment, two-year investment, even more. Just didn't have it. Just didn't have it. But the great thing about short stories is you could run a short story off sometimes in an hour or two, you know, a first draft. So I find... I found dipping in and dipping out, it was quite easy. So I kind of fell in love with the form. I didn't set out to write 52 short stories. At the time, I didn't even know if I could write one short story. <laughs> but I wrote one and it was quite good and I showed it to some people and I, I think I entered it in, you know, um, a few publications, you know, got got printed somewhere and, you know, uh, away I went. So um, laziness isn't the right word. Um, sort of Definitely not laziness. 52 is nothing to be sneezed at. Well... I guess circumstance would be a better one then, you know. Um, would I do it again? I don't know if I'd have it. it you're right. It was, it's hard work uh, to be- definitely string along 52 of them. But uh, we got there and it ring- runs in about 300 pages and I'm really happy with uh, with how it's went. Am I going to write a, a follow-up? Um, oh, I'd love to. But um, oh, I want to write something that sells next, you know, and, and sure, and we, we can we can talk about this as well. Short stories, it's a tough sell for a publisher. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll leave it at that. But, uh, yeah, I'm really happy, really happy it's over. Well, we will get into all of those sides of things. So 52 mm-hmm. short stories. You said you didn't set out to write 52 from the mm-hmm. get-go. At what point did you just like decide that, hey, you know, I've got, enough of these under my belt let's turn this into something more and set the number of 52 you know what it it could be a bit of baby brain but i just have no memory of writing <laughs> so many of these stories i don't know uh i i remember starting the first one maybe the second one 
And then suddenly, you know, you're up there to 15, 20, and you're, you're sending them out and you're getting a pretty good response. And it's like, well, you know, I, I think there's something in this. Uh, so around about the same time as well, and we could talk about as well, I was, I was writing I've written a couple of novellas. And that kind of came out of, you know, circumstance once again. You know, writing a novella is easier than writing a, uh, a novel. So I, I had a couple of novellas along the way. And eventually with the short stories, it just got to the point where, geez, if I if I string together another, you know, 10, 15 of these, I've, I've got myself a pretty nice, pretty nice calling card, you know, for want of a better term. And um, yeah, but to be honest, not really sure. Not really sure. I, I, I think I think it's the baby. I, I honestly, I'm so <laughs> I can relate completely. So you take <laughs> us from Mount Lawley to Armadale, all across yep. Perth. Mm-hmm. Was there an epic road trip involved? You've mentioned the baby. Was this drives mm-hmm. that you did to get a baby to sleep, or what? How did the, the different suburbs come to be? No, no, exactly to sleep. A lot of the time, she loved <laughs> sleeping in the pram, and I. I I don't think we had a car at the time because we were sort of, we were just here for, I think it was about a year. I grew up in WA. Long story short, I, uh, from about the age of 10 to 23, I was in WA. Then I went away for a few years. So we came back uh, through my wife's work and also my family's in WA. Um, so we came back, didn't have a car. And yeah, I would just hit the road on the pram um, with her, getting her to sleep. And it gets a bad rap, but I tell you what, Transperth against other cities in the world, pretty good. It's pretty good. So we would be uh, bus, train, and I would be visiting these places that I hadn't been to since I was, you know, since I was a child, you know. So, uh, yeah, a lot of inspiration came from that. Um, some of the stories, I will admit, were just nice stories, and they could have been set anywhere, which you've, you've probably found with it, and I would just sort of whack a bit of a, a name on there, you know. But, uh yeah, some of them. Yeah, a lot of a lot of on foot and a lot of talking to people and just you know, you know, you're a writer as well. You know what it's like. Just uh, you know, looking at people across the straight train and being like, well, "What's your story?" And uh, that's kind of what I live for. So uh, yeah, that's where it came from. I should make it clear these are um, short stories. In no way mm-hmm. a city travel guide. You paint some suburbs mm. in a nicer light than others. Mm. There are. FIFO workers, bikies, murderers, a real yeah. combination of characters. Mm-hmm. What's the response been like? Um, better than I thought, uh, to be honest. I thought with some of the stories, I probably went a little bit too far uh, in terms of, you know, what's acceptable. But but people who I, I, I kind of thought would have been offended in some ways um, have been really responsive. So, yeah, across the board, it's been really good. I mean, I got... Uh, asked to speak book week at a high school oh wow yeah and uh i my first response was like i, I cannot i cannot do this because Were you uh, like hang on a second let me just check what i wrote about your suburb and <laughs> whether it was good or bad <laughs> exactly i i said to the teacher as, as long as i'm not gonna be um you know reading from the story or trying to promote the book in any way i mean it's not that bad let me let me put it out there we're not talking you know Urban Welsh, Tarantino, X-rated stuff. No, it's not definitely like not. It's just um, tongue-in-cheek, I guess we'll say. Yeah. And it's not of characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then again, you look at some YA stuff and, you know, people like Holden Shepard, who, who I know you know, um, he really pushes that boundary. So I think what, in terms of what is acceptable, I think has possibly expanded over the past, you know, generations. So I don't think it's been anything too bad and... Uh, um 
yeah, I've been careful not to make too many um, enemies. There is a mention of a certain, um, uh, how should we say, underworld figure in there and uh, from the 90s, who a lot of people will know. And I did change the name slightly on that. And I went to uh, a bookshop to do a signing and and the <laughs> the bookseller brought it up that he has coffee next door in the cafe next door. And I was like, wow, okay, there you go. I mean, it's very, very likely that he's going to pick up a copy of a book, copy of a book, but there you go. But uh, Perth is, I mean, it's not that big a city. You know, you've got to watch uh, sort of what toes you, you do tread on. So let's talk about getting published. You have independently published the book. What made you go down that path? Yeah, so tried to go down the traditional route. Uh, I am friends with, you probably know the author, Alex Miller, the two times Miles Franklin, Commonwealth Award winning author. He lives in the same town that uh, our house is back in Castlemaine in Victoria. And very successful author. And I told him what I was doing. And his response was like, mate, even I couldn't get a short story collection published. And I was like, wow. And that was that was that was the response from a lot of publishers, you know. And I'm not really sure. It is why hard. There's it... not a lot of publishers that are actually accepting short story collections as far as mm-hmm. I've seen. I know I've talked to Night Parrot Press before, and they're probably uh one of the publishers, particularly over here in WA, who are pushing boundaries a little bit and doing something different with their form. Yeah. And I know you've been involved with them with other things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think there is a market for it. I, I'm trying to work out why that is. I mean, why it's not why it is a tough sell. And I think something I've told people with my book, I mean it's 52 short stories. Do not read it all in one go. Like it's not meant to be. Just read two to three here. Because I find even when I read short stories collections, and I you know I'm a big short story fan. It, your mind just gets pulled in too many directions. Whereas, you know, if you're reading a novel, you're on that path, you know. There might be a few deviations here and there, but you're basically on the one path. But with a short story collection, you'd be here, you'd be here, you'd be everywhere. And I think it is quite draining to the reader. So anyway, that's my sort of theory as to why perhaps they don't sell. Publishers would be able to tell you more. But I had the same uh, experience with my novellas as well. I got fairly along, fairly far along the line with a, a major publisher to meeting stage and at the very last moment they went we we just cannot fit this on our slate uh for, for novellas it doesn't matter who it is we just can't we just can't do it so uh that was when i just got in the the sort of i guess it's a habit now of doing it myself and it's fun you have control over the artwork uh i make sure it's professionally edited i that obviously and yeah you just have a level of control it's a lot of work a lot of work because you've also got the promotion as well mm. to do uh and to be honest i'm three in now two novellas and a short story collection could be done you know because it's just so draining like you're talking about night parrot there at least they've got someone else there's there's two involved there um i think if i had someone else to bounce it off then then i would but it's just hard so i've got another novel coming out in november and that's my first novel that's going to be with a traditional publisher Mm -hmm. and oh even now, just getting the proofs, it's just such a nice feeling not to have to. Because it's, it's it's so stressful. But um, so happy, so happy it's out there. And, and yeah, maybe I think because there's so much work involved, the level of accomplishment, that, that warm feeling inside is, is possibly larger because you have done it yourself. Tell me, as someone who's got no idea how independent 
publishing mm-hmm. works. Mm-hmm. Where do you even start when you're setting out? How much is there a big cost outlay originally, or how does it all work? Yeah, I mean, I I probably uh, got I got a friend to do the art, so that obviously brings cost. But yeah, it is costly. I mean, I cheat a bit. I go on Fiverr for for some things. Um, not for editing, get a professional editor for that, but, um, things like typesetting, um, uh, those sort of things you can, you can get, you can get pretty cheap out there mm-hmm. in the gig economy. It's okay. You know, uh, but there's some things where you just cannot cut corners, you know, artworks, the biggie you want, I mean, you know yourself, you can spot a bad cover and a cheap cover from a mile away. You know, you've really got to invest in that. You've really got to invest in a good editor. And you really got to invest in a good printer. So um, I don't know if you know them, Ingram, mm-hmm. probably the biggest in the world. They're fantastic. And they take care of distribution as well. So um, for terms of, uh, I don't know if you saw the launch I did, 10 bookstores in a day. Yes, I was going to ask mm-hmm. you about that, whether you you succeeded for starters. Don't know how I did it, but did it. Yeah, everyone said it couldn't be done. Well, it's proven wrong, and I did. Yeah, it was raining as well. And on the my sister, she works in the book trade maria alessandrino she runs scribblers festival she helped me a lot with it and she she was going to be my driver so i was like this is gonna be a great day it's gonna be so much fun anyway she rang me up in the morning saying i've got covid and i'm like oh my god bloody covid (laughs) (laughs) so i was like do i cancel it what are we gonna do so uh i did it and i did it on foot did it on train and it was actually okay doing that because i got to do a lot of social media while i was on train while i was on buses uh but yeah did that but the distribution for that i did all myself so i got you know a couple of books delivered uh, a couple of boxes of books delivered to my door when i did that but for you know bookstores over east for instance i can't do that but ingram take care of all that so to be honest 2022 there's never been a better time to do it you know but you've got to allow a lot of time got to allow a fair bit of budget uh but it's a good time to do it and i think you know Maybe five, ten years ago, it was a bit of a dirty word, self-publishing. I feel like it's not anymore. It is becoming so common. And to be honest, hats off to anybody who self-publishes because personally I don't have the confidence to. I like to have, I guess, someone holding my hand a little bit, taking me through. So I think it's such a, not to be crass, such a ballsy thing to do. Um, yeah. yeah, and you've done so well with it. It is a stunning cover. Like you said, the cover is so important and it suits it so much. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was uh, local artist Donna Sadler took care of that for me. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's interesting. I never saw it as ballsy. I just saw it as more sort of necessity. This is what I have to do. I mean, I want to get my work out there. And there is a market for it. I mean, it, it's not going to make me rich, but... It's it's been I mean off the back of that I got to I uh, got to go and do that talk at the school at Book Week. Mm-hmm. I'm on the Ubud Writers Festival. I uh, get to chat to yourself, you know, seeing here, you know, a lot does come out of it, but you've got to punch through and you know break through a lot of barriers. But yeah, I think we've seen people like uh, who's the big one who wrote the The Martian, Andy Weir. That has been absolutely bonkers big for him. I think he sold something ridiculous like 10 million copies, wow. and that was all for the back of being self-published. I mean, he didn't sell 10 million copies self-published, but mm-hmm. it got picked up by, by another publisher um, eventually. Uh, but I think for me as well, like I'm the sort of style that I'm writing, I mean, let's be honest, Perth's a pretty small book market. The chances of it getting picked up by a publisher 
really? You're talking short stories about Perth? You're talking Fremantle Press or or bust, really, you know? Um, so I was always of the sort of impression that I would have to do that anyway, and I was fine with that, you know? But I guess the sort of work I'm doing now, I'm doing my PhD, for instance, creative writing PhD, and I'm working for a novel, uh, writing a novel as part of that. And if I had to self-publish that, I'd probably be a little bit, little bit disappointed. But fast yeah. forward two years, we might be sitting here talking about that and I might have self-published it. But that's fine. It is what it is. But, uh, I mean, I'm not in this racket for money. I don't think anyone is. I don't really. think anyone, whether you're traditional or self-published, is in for money. I think you're no. kidding yourself if you are. I mean, I hear of the names that make it, but yeah. that's the smaller end of the scale, I think, unfortunately. I think the people that are in it for money get weeded out pretty early on. So it's not really about that for me. So I'm just happy to see my work out there and to have people I respect uh, comment on it and, you know, get to do, like I say, get to do cool stuff like this. It's, um, that's why, that's why I do it. Yeah. Just going back to the nitty gritty, you talked about um, Ingram doing a lot of the distribution for you. So do you have to select how many, how many books you print up front or is it a print on demand type thing? Yeah. Print on demand. So say if you're a, you're a shop, uh, you go on their website, you, you can order five, ten, one, however many you want, you know. But uh, I, I printed out, I think it was 100 mm-hmm. uh, for the 10 bookstores in a day. I've since done another two um, orders. So, yeah, I mean, that would be the one. And you hear a lot of stories about that back in the day as well, like people with, you know, car boots full of books that they just could not get rid of and they would sit in their attic you know getting eaten away for years and i just didn't want to do that and the thing is you don't have to do that it's print demand obviously if you're if you're ordering you know 500 the cost comes down but you know i wouldn't just order one or two mm-hmm. but uh, yeah it's it's basically print on demand so like i was saying like that is it's it's never been a better time to do it you know because you're not haven't got that huge outlay and you're not going to be stuck with you know hundreds of books that that you can't sell you said that obviously the marketing side of things, that's all on you as well. Mm-hmm. You've got the word out really well, particularly doing this 10 bookshops in one day for the launch and get, mm-hmm. getting quite a reach with it. What do you think is the secret to successful self-marketing when it comes to selling books? Yeah, I mean, that's the 64, what is it, million-dollar question. Million-dollar question. <laughs> and and. Doing that, and you might have found this as well. I, I, I do the Quiet Carriage, which is my my own mm. podcast and um, radio show. And even even the big guys, and I'm not going to mention any names here, they do it so bad for some books, you know. And I've I've been upset on a, a couple of occasions by you know a book that I've absolutely loved, and I'm like, this could be really something, and it just dies in the ass. And you can just see it's because the, the publishers just lost interest and they have too many books on their slate. I guess with the big publishers, it's a bit like, it's almost like they're, they're willing to have um, nine failures as long as they get that one hit, you know? And that's a shame because some of those nine failures might be really good. And it, it's really sad to see for the authors. So uh, in terms of success, I don't really know. I guess uh, for my own stuff, um, I wanted to do a launch that that popped a bit. And I have got a bit of press through the 10 bookstores in a day. I just want to do something a little bit different. 
And mm-hmm. yeah, it's managed to get me a bit of press. I had book launches with my novellas and yeah, I mean, it's fine. Get a bunch of your mates hiring. I think we did the first one in a gallery. Uh, it was nice, you know, but I'm a bit of an introvert, you know, being a writer and having all that spotlight isn't great. Uh, but it was really lovely getting out there, you know, boots on the ground, going and seeing, I mean, Perth, I was actually blown away by how many amazing bookstores we have. And I know 10 wasn't even the limit. I know there's even more. And it was great to, you know, get there, actually meet the booksellers, actually see them in some cases, put the book on the shelf. That was great. And then also, you also jump in the back on their social media as well. So instead of me posting it, they're also posting about it as well. So that's a way of really expanding the reach. So I guess, you know. So that relationship was- with booksellers is quite important. It almost sounds more important than everyone talks about social media as a marketing mm-hmm. tool, which is great, but mm-hmm. it almost sounds like those relationships and actually putting yourself out there in the flesh is more important. Definitely, especially if you're in this for the long haul. You know, because I know if I've got another book out, it will become that a little bit easier. I've already created that bit of relationship. So it's it's really tough. But I guess doing something, be imaginative with it. Think outside the box. Do something that no one else has done, you know. Um, and it's, it's sort of opened my, my eyes to, oh, geez, what else could we do, you know. So uh, don't know if this will happen. But my my the novel I have coming out in November is by a, a publisher called Fair Play Publishing, and it's about uh, football, soccer. Commercial fiction is a lot different to anything I've written before. But the primary market is in the UK, so we're thinking uh, not <laughs> ten cities in ten days. That's what we're thinking. Now, if that happens, gonna, might be giving it a go. We're going to see. A lot of things have to come together to do it. But that's the sort of idea I've got. So, and, you know, I know that if that happens, it could drum up a bit of press and, you know, just a bit of exposure and just get the word out there because it is hard. There's mm-hmm. so many books out there, isn't there, you know? And like I say, so many books just fall by the wayside. So, yeah, it, you know, you've got to try and do something a little bit a little bit out of the box. Well, I like it. You've achieved it. Thank you so much, Paul J. Laverty. The book, the short story collection is called In the State of Excitement. Where can people find it, Paul? Well, everywhere. So it's in, uh, I think, 10 or 11 bookstores in Perth at the moment. It's available anywhere, by the way. You can go online or, you know, buy it. But please, if you can buy independent, it's at uh, Planet, uh, Open Books, uh, New Edition, um, Typeface. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh you put me on the spot here. <laughs> you can find it anywhere and if in doubt, online in the state of excitement. Paul J. Laverty, thank you so, so much for your time and for explaining independent publishing for me, which I've been dying to find out a little bit more about. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And thank you for listening to the Writers of the Page podcast. Make sure you check out the back catalogue and while you're there, I'd love it if you left a rating or review. It helps other people discover the podcast. If there's an author you want me to chat to or you just want to say hi, hit me up on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter at Shanae Maripodi. That's C-H-E-N-E-E. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.